0: be right about that but you know what there were some people that came by and said boy I really appreciate what you're doing and uh, I was talking with a gentleman brother Larry went down with us and uh, we we're down there with brother Brooke Suttle and some of his family and we we're talking afterwards uh, because we did what Baptists always do after we got done preaching we ate amen and uh, we we're sitting down to lunch and uh, we we're talking about the different responses that you get and I said, the worst response to get when you give somebody the gospel is indifference. I'd rather they get mad at me than them be indifferent. You say, why is that? Well, if they're getting mad, that means it's striking something in the heart. And, uh, uh, you know, I've not, not always, I didn't like it when my parents corrected me as a child but I know they did it for my good and I'm thankful for it now. I see what they were trying to do even in the moment, even though in the moment I felt like they were trying to kill me. But now I can see what they were doing was for my good. And uh, the prayer is that when you get the gospel out, when you preach the gospel, the prayer is that even though if they don't in the moment receive it kindly, that uh, in the quiet time, When they're at home and they lay their head on their pillow at night, the prayer is that the Spirit of God will take the Word of God that they've heard and work in their hearts. Uh, The old song, I used to hear it a lot when I was a kid. don't hear it much anymore. The song, People Need the Lord. People need the Lord. And uh, as we get closer to the coming of the Lord as things get tougher in our society, as they, are, as they will. <clears throat> May we be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh us a reason of the hope that lieth within us. May we be ready. And uh, the answer is Christ. The hope is Christ. The reason is Christ. It's all about Jesus. And so get close to Jesus, get full of Jesus, and he'll come out. Amen? And so let me encourage you in these last days to be a witness for the Lord. Jeremiah 42, I don't have a sugar stick to end the meeting on. I searched high and low in the book of Jeremiah, and I could not find one. Amen? Amen? and so we're just going to stick with what God's given us. Jeremiah 42, and this is what we're going to do. We're just going to read the first three verses of the chapter as our text, and then for sake of time, we're just going to work down through the chapter and uh, look at what God uh, has given us for tonight. So I invite you to stand with me as we read the first three verses of Jeremiah chapter 42. Let me say before we get into the message, thank you, Fellowship Baptist Church. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Rob. Uh, thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the offering. I haven't got it yet, but I'm thankful already. Amen? And by faith, I thank you for the offering. And uh, thank you for your fellowship. Now, I like the name of your church, And uh, and I believe it's important, fellowship. And so we appreciate that. Thank you for your faithful support and your fellowship with us in the ministry. Uh, It is a great blessing to us. We appreciate it. Jeremiah 42, verse 1, the Bible says, Then all the captains of the forces, and Johanan, the son of Kareah, and Jezaniah, the son of Hoshaiah, and all the people from the least, even unto the greatest, came near, and said unto Jeremiah the prophet, Let we beseech thee our supplication be accepted, before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God, even for all this remnant, for we are left but a few of many, as thine eyes do behold us, that the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we may walk, and the thing that we may do. I want to preach a little bit tonight about this remnant. And though it does not seem fitting from what we've read thus far, I'm calling them the rebellious remnant. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for the worship that you've allowed us to enjoy tonight. We have enjoyed thinking about you and musing about you and letting our hearts and minds dwell and abide upon you. Lord, you promise a special reward for those that think upon you. And God, it's been good to think upon you. Now, Lord, as we look into your word, God, I pray that you would guide us. Lord, I pray that we would not be distracted by the time or by the pressures of life or by anything else that may enter into our minds. Lord, may we block them out. May we focus solely upon you and upon your word. Lord Jesus, may you get glory to your name as a result of our time together, and may you revive the church. We'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Our text tonight takes us beyond the Babylonian invasion. What we've looked at thus far has all been pre-captivity and pre-invasion. And uh, we looked at the call of Jeremiah. God called him. He said, "I'm am I'm, I'm calling you for uh, for a sixfold purpose." And we looked at that uh, in depth on Sunday afternoon. And then uh, we saw the spirit of Jehoiakim on Monday night and his response to the words of God. And we also saw, thankfully, the spirit of Josiah and his response to the word of God. And then last night we looked at. Uh, the Rechabites, and their commitment to the work of God and to the calling that God had placed upon their lives. And hopefully you are encouraged by their testimony, by their example, to stand in these last days. Now, Now we've come to Jeremiah 42, and now Jehoiakim is gone, Zedekiah is gone, the leader that Babylon set up in their place, Gedaliah, He has been been assassinated by Ishmael, and uh, the the nation is in disarray. The majority of the people have already been carried captive into Babylon. And that's what brings us to this idea of this remnant. He mentions, they mention in verse number 2, all this remnant, uh, we, uh, for we are left but a few of many, as thine eyes do behold us. So there's just a few left. Most have been taken away. Many have been slain. Many have been uh, taken into the, uh, into the into captivity. But they left behind a remnant. And what they left behind is they left behind. Uh, what, what what they would call the lowest of society. They left behind the laborers. They took all the royalty. They took all the skilled people. They took all the husbandmen, and they left behind just the workers, the servants, and people that uh, did not have a high position within the nation or within the government. And so now they're left, and the, the one person that they were looking to, he is gone can I say this? If you read the story of Gedaliah, he is gone because he did not heed the warning. And he was just one of those people who wanted to believe good about everybody. Now, if you're one of those people, God bless you. I tried that for a while. It didn't work out too well for me. So, no, if you're one of these people, I just want to think good about everybody. God bless you. We need you. But can I say this? Heed the warning when you get one. They came to him, they said, hey, Ishmael's got it in for you, he wants to kill you. And Gedaliah said, oh, it's not so. Don't speak such things. Well, Gedaliah paid for his, uh, for his uh, flattery of Ishmael with his life. And so now Gedaliah's gone, they're, they're just kind of wandering. They're aimless, they don't know what to do. And so finally, they come to Jeremiah. Isn't that the way we do things? Well, there's nobody else to go to. Let's go talk to the preacher. And so they come to Jeremiah, and this is what they say. What they say is very good. Would you not agree with what we read? It's very good what they've said. They said, we want you to pray. We want you to get uh, the mind of God on what we are to do. See, they were being faced with a choice. Many of them wanted to go to Egypt They felt like they'd be safer there. They felt like they could run away from uh, Babylon and have a measure of safety and peace down in Egypt. And uh, some of them said, no, we need to stay here. And so they're, they're seeking what to do, which direction to go. And so they asked Jeremiah, and I believe probably one of the reasons why they asked Jeremiah is because much of Jeremiah's prophecies have been fulfilled at this point. All that he's been preaching, 20 some odd years, finally it's starting to come to pass and they're starting to say, well, you know, maybe Jeremiah isn't as crazy as we thought he was. So let's ask him. Let's ask him to pray. Let's ask him to get the direction. And there's really, there's four things here, but I'm not going to preach them all. I'm going to mention them to you and I'm going to point out one or two things that I feel very important for us tonight. In verses 1 through 6, we see the declaration of the remnant. That is, they come to him. We read through verse 3. He says, we want to know what God has for us, that he would show us the way wherein we may walk and the thing that we may do. Look at verse 4. Then Jeremiah the prophet said unto them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray unto the Lord your God according to your words. And it shall come to pass that whatsoever thing the Lord shall answer you I will declare it unto you. I will keep nothing back from you. Then they said to Jeremiah, The Lord be a true and faithful witness between us, if we do not even according to all things for the which the Lord thy God shall send thee to us. Listen, whether it be good or whether it be evil, we will obey the voice of the Lord our God to whom we send thee, that it may be well with us when we obey the voice of the Lord our God. Those are great words, are they not? They said, listen, we want to know what God has to say. My prayer this week has been that you have come, some of you have been here every night and every service, and our prayer is that you have come not to hear what Mark Thren has to say, but to hear what God has to say. Lord, show me your path. Show me your will. Teach me thy ways, and I'll walk in thy paths. That's what they're saying. And they're saying, listen, whether it's it's good or evil, you know what they're saying there? Whether we like it or we don't like it. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Whatever God has to say, that's what we're going to do. This is the declaration that they're making. Then you see the direction to the remnant, in verses 7 through 19. I'm not going to read all the verses, but I want to read a few of them. In verse 7 it says, And it came to pass after ten days that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. He calls them in. Verse 9, he says to them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, unto whom ye sent me to present your supplication before him. Verse number 10, If ye will still abide in this land, Then I will what? Build you. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's what God told uh, Jeremiah. That's part of your ministry, to build. He said, I will build you and not what? Pull you down. That was also part of Jeremiah's ministry, to pull them down. He said, and I will what? Plant you and not pluck you up. So here is where really the fulfillment of Jeremiah's ministry is coming into play. God's called him decades before, and now uh, God has brought the nation finally after years of working with them and being patient with them, giving them opportunity. They did not repent. Now they're in captivity, and there's a small remnant that's been left behind, and they've got another chance. Aren't you thankful for second chances and third chances and fourth chances? I don't know how many chances I've used uh, in my relationship with God, but I am thankful for every one of them. But can I tell you there are times in in your life, there are crucial moments in your life where one decision can set you on a course that you're not going to get back from for a long time. And this is such a time. God's bringing it to a head. And he says, listen, you have an option to be built and planted or you have the option to be pulled down and plucked up. And here's the condition. If ye will still abide in this land. They're given clear direction from the Lord. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stay. Their question was, should I go to Egypt or should we stay here? And God very clearly says, stay here. I like when God's clear and plain, amen? And he will be if you seek him with all your heart. So there's the declaration of the remnant. There's the direction to the remnant. But look at this. In verse number 19, it says, The Lord hath said concerning you, O ye remnant of Judah, go ye not into Egypt? Know certainly that I have admonished you this day. Now their response is found in chapter 43 and verse number 2. Then spake Azariah the son of Hoshaiah and uh, Johanan the son of Kareah and all the proud men, saying unto Jeremiah, Thou speakest falsely. the Lord our God hath not sent thee to say, go not into Egypt to sojourn there. Now listen, this, this is what happened. They come to Jeremiah they say, it doesn't matter what a God has to say, we're going to do it You go seek God for us and we'll do it. And Jeremiah comes back after 10 days. He's been praying, laboring in prayer, seeking God. God answers him. He has a very clear directive from the Lord. God says, don't go. Stay in the land. And their response is, no, God didn't say that. Well, if you know the voice of God, why did you ask Jeremiah? Look what the Lord says in verse number 20, in our chapter, chapter 42, verse 20. For ye dissembled in your hearts, when ye sent me unto the Lord your God, saying, Pray for us unto the Lord our God, and according unto all that the Lord our God shall say, So declare unto us, and we will do. And now I have this day declared it to you, but ye have not obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. He tells them they dissembled. Now, I had to look up that word because I didn't know what it meant. Dissemble means to hide under a false pretense or a false appearance, to disguise, to be hypocritical to conceal the real fact, motives, intention, under some pretense. I just read to you from the dictionary. To dissemble means to hide. This word was used when Achan went and stole those things, took those things from Jericho, when God had proclaimed Jericho his. He said, you can't have anything from Jericho, it's mine. By the way, it was the first city they came to when they crossed the Jordan. And the Bible says the first fruits are the Lord's. Amen? Don't tithe off what you have left, tithe what you get. Amen? I haven't preached on money all week long. I'd have to turn in my Baptist preacher card if I didn't hit it somewhere this week. He took that, and the Bible says Achan took that, and he hid it in his tent. He buried it, actually, in the ground inside his tent. And he uses this word, dissembled, dissembled, to hide under a false appearance. Now, this is what, listen, this is what the people did. They had already made up their mind what they wanted to do. They wanted to go to Egypt. They had already decided, this is what we're going to do. But we want to get in good with the preacher. We want to make it seem like we're following the Lord. And so let's go and talk to him and let's get him to tell us what we want to hear. When I was pastoring, I did very little counseling for that reason. Because the fact of the matter is, most people, when they want to counsel with you, they just want to hear them speaking through your mouth. Now, if that offends you, I'm sorry, but that's the the truth of the matter. Maybe you're the exception. Probably not, but maybe you are. Most of the time, we want to get them to say what we want to hear. Now, listen, God's man does not play that game. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter what position you have. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the church. I sense a little discomfort here tonight. God's man doesn't play that game. If he's God's man, he's going to tell you what God says, whether he likes it or not or whether you like it or not. You know why? Because he understands God is the only one who can help you. Amen. You know what we all are? We're all helpless. (laughs) We're all lost causes without the help of God. And so they dissembled. You know, they said, we want to hear from God. And then when God spoke to them, they said, well, that wasn't God. Come on. How many times we've come to the church house and we've said, Lord, would you speak to my heart today? Lord, would you give me some direction? But we've already got in our mind what we're going to do or what we want to do. And the preacher gets up and he may not know anything about what you're planning, or what you're hoping to do. But he just gets up and preaches the word of God, and God takes that arrow, just like he did with Ahab. He takes that arrow that that guy just shot at a venture. Oh, I got one left. I better get rid of it. He shoots it. God takes it, and he, cu- he brings it right down, and he drives it right into your heart. Preacher didn't know, but God knew. And then you say, oh, well, that wasn't God. I wonder how many of us this week we entered into the into the revival meeting. Lord, speak to my heart. I need to be revived. And then God, through the preaching, dealt with something specific in your heart, in your life. You didn't like it. You weren't expecting that. You know what? You know what the Lord told Jeremiah? And I'm going to get to this in a little bit. But it fits right here. He said, call unto me, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, there's a lot that that can mean. But one of the things I believe it means is God will do things that you didn't see coming. He will work in ways that will take you by surprise. Sometimes it feels good. Most times it doesn't. Lord, speak to me. Okay. You asked for it. Here it is. Oh, that wasn't God. Hmm. I believe you dissembled you said one thing but you didn't really mean it you said the thing that sounded right come on when we read the the first verses here when they're talking to jeremiah it all sounds right although there's one thing that really caught my attention let me ask you a question were these the people of god come on not a trick question they're the people of god they're they're The tribe of Judah, they're the house of David, they're God's people. They know God. Why are they asking someone else to pray for them? Now listen, it's different than just saying, hey, would you pray for me? I ask people to do that all the time. As a matter of fact, there's prayer cards back there. Please take one and pray for us. But when I say pray for me, I don't mean pray in my place. I don't mean pray instead of me. I mean pray in addition to me. But the people here, that's not what they meant. They didn't say, hey, Jeremiah, let's pray together. Let's seek God. Let's see what God has to say. They said, why don't you pray for us? It reminds me of Simon the sorcerer. In Acts chapter 8, he, he saw the great miracles. He said, man, I want to do that. I want that power. And and Simon Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, confronts him to the face, and he said, you're still, he said, I perceive that you're still in the bond of iniquity. Right. You know what Simon was? He was a false professor. He said he believed on the Lord, But he was still in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. How do you know he didn't know the Lord? Well, one reason is because he told Peter, hey, would you pray for me? Why don't you pray for yourself? Amen. I wonder this so many times, Brother Frank. So many people come up and ask me to pray for them. And usually I'll pray for them right there because I don't trust my memory. Amen. So we pray right there. But I'm, I wonder many times if the prayer that we just had right there in that moment was more than they had prayed already. Will you pray for me? I'd be glad to. Are you praying for you? Will you pray for my son? Will you pray for my daughter? Would you pray for my grandchildren? Absolutely. Are you praying for them? These people, they dissembled. They said one thing, but it wasn't really what was going on in their hearts. I know this is not a sweet farewell message, but it's what we have. They dissembled, the dissembling of the remnant. You know what Jesus said in Matthew 15? He said, this people draweth nigh unto me with their lips, but their heart is far from me ever been there? Come on. Might as well be honest. Nobody here but us chickens. Ever been there? Come to church? How great thou art. And we're not thinking about him at all. We heard it tonight. Heaven came down. Glory I my soul. I doubt you're thinking about When heaven came down and glory filled your soul. Your lips are saying one thing, but your heart's far away. Now listen, we get that way in our walk with God. We get that way when we we say we're praying for God's direction in our life. Are we really praying? Are we really investing? How much time did you spend in prayer for this meeting? It's a sobering question, isn't it? Are we really in prayer? Do we really mean it? When we say, God, speak to me, are we really meaning it? Or has it just become ritual? At the beginning of the week, who's been praying for revival? Who wants revival? You know, I'm not sure that many of us really want revival. I'll be honest with you, preacher, I struggle with it. Because the more I learn about revival, the more I realize how uncomfortable it's going to make me. Here's what I'm saying now, I want to want revival. I have a desire to have a true desire to have true revival. There's a lot of dissembling in our lives. We say one thing, but we don't really mean it. Do you want revival? Do you want it enough to skip a meal? Well, preacher, now you're meddling. Do you want it enough to maybe forego some sleep? I wonder how much we really want revival. We want to hear from God. That's what they said. Tell us what God has to say, Jeremiah. Okay, here it is. Yeah, but we don't like that. That's not what we're expecting. We're disappointed. We're expecting something else. That can't be God. You know why? Because most of us have fashioned a God that looks just like us. but our God is not like us. And I'm thankful for that. You see the dissembling, then you see the destruction. I'm not talking about the masses. I'm not talking about Babylon. I'm talking about the remnant. They did decide to go to Egypt. Many people paid with their lives. Only a few escaped. Can I tell you this? Jeremiah did not escape. He died right along with those rebels. Now, you know what? He had done his job. He would fulfilled his calling, and God called him home. The best day of his life. Amen. Best day of his life. He finally got a congregation that would listen to him. Now, turn back to Jeremiah 33. I'm just going to, we're just going to touch on this and we'll be done. Jeremiah 33. I want us to think about this. Very familiar verse. Let's get the context. Verse number one. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. While he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. Uh, They may have been able to keep a lot of people away from Jeremiah, but they couldn't keep God away from (laughs) him. Amen. There's probably going to be a day that this verse is really going to bless us. When we're the ones sitting in the prison. Verse 2, thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Well, that's quite an introduction i can i can sense jeremiah getting blessed already hadn't even got to the message yet he was blessed by the introduction and then he says these words so famous so well known call unto me and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not i was thinking about the difference between the people saying they wanted to hear from God and Jeremiah calling on the Lord. There's quite a difference. The difference is when you, when you talk about, I, I could talk about any number of people that I know. I could talk about them in great swelling terms. I could extol their virtues and values. Be talking about them without talking to them. The difference is between saying that we love the Lord and we want to hear from the Lord and calling upon the Lord is we expect to hear from the Lord when we call upon the Lord. I have all these children, amen, a lot of them not children anymore. Some of them I call audibly. Juliana. first thing she heard all message when you call you expect a response the older kids have phones now part of the ministry so they say we need this for the ministry dad you know what that means don't you It means the ministry pays for it. That's exactly what that means. And my pet peeve with the older ones that have phones is if I call them and they do not answer. It's hard to explain to a young person, it's really hard to explain the feeling that a parent has when they call and no one answers. Rage is a fitting word, I think. (laughs) Why? Because I'm expecting when I'm calling. I can be talking about them. Sometimes they overhear me talking about them. But I don't expect them to respond when I'm just talking about them. But I do expect them to respond when I'm calling them. Are you following what I'm saying? The people, instead of talking about how much they wanted to hear from God, they should have been calling on the Lord. Calling. When was the last time you placed a call to heaven? I'm not talking about running through a prayer over the meal before you get to the good stuff. Well, let me get this out of the way so we can eat. Or let me check off this box so we can get about our day. And let me say my little prayers before I go to bed. I'm talking about getting in the throne room of heaven. Entering into that special place of prayer. Call. Are you expecting revival this week? I'm not asking if you called or if you prayed. I'm not asking if you prayed. I'm not asking if it was part of your routine. I'm asking, did you expect? I'll be honest with you. I read about those revivals Days gone by. I may have mentioned it Sunday. I can't remember. Did I mention the Isle of Lewis? What happened on that island? Did I? I didn't. Some say I did, some say I didn't. I don't know which one was sleeping. Amen. I just know I can't remember. That's all I know. But I read about these revivals where they would pray and the presence of God would work not just in the people in the church house, but people in the community, people in their beds. God would wake them up out of the sleep. One, one in particular, that, that revival on the Isle of Lewis and the Hebride Islands, they prayed and they, they had a service the first night, nothing happened. The second night, nothing happened. They stayed and they prayed because they were concerned that nothing was happening. And at midnight, they left the church to go home. Back in the days when people didn't stay up till midnight every night. At midnight, they started heading home. And on their way home, outside of the church house, they met people coming to the church at midnight. No one had gone around knocking on the door saying, hey, come to the church. But God had met with them in their homes and was dealing with their hearts. Some of them lost, unsaved. And they had such a yearning, a desire to know God and to be saved, they got out of their beds at midnight and started heading toward the church house, all over the community. And they said, as they walked down the road and they saw the people coming, they'd look down in the ditch, and on either side of the road, there were people. They couldn't even make it to the church house the conviction was so heavy they knelt in the ditch on the side of the road calling out upon god oh god have mercy upon me save me some calling for salvation some calling for revival some praying for loved ones something that supernatural beyond what any person could do not manufactured by man but a moving of the spirit of god there's people call themselves bible believers don't even believe that god can do that has he changed he said i'm the lord i change not when we're praying, are we calling, are we expecting an answer, are we expecting to see great and mighty things that we know not? I, I, listen, I want to see a revival, a real revival. I want to see things I've never seen. I want to hear things I've never heard. I want to experience things I've never experienced before. And yes, I'm still a Baptist. Amen. In case you're wondering, I'll tell you what I am before I'm a Baptist I'm a Bible believer. Are we calling? Are we dissembling? Are we asking for God to really meet with us and show us great and mighty things? Are we just saying the token things we're supposed to say so that people don't think we're out of fellowship with God? This is the last night for us to be here. you know what I'm praying for Fellowship Baptist Church? And I wish you'd pray for Mark Thren and and my family that we'd experience a real heaven-sent revival. That's what I'm going to be praying. That's going to take commitment. It's going to cost you something. But it'll be worth it. I guarantee you. It'll be worth it. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us in these days. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. You're so long suffering toward us. Thank you for forgiveness. All of those things we're very thankful, Lord, for. But we're also thankful that you're holy and that you're just and that you're unchanging. God, we pray. Lord, as best we know how, we pray for heaven sent, Holy Ghost, revival. May we truly have a hunger for your word. May we truly repent of our sin. May we forsake our own ways. When we ask for you to meet with us and to speak to us, when we tell you that we will follow you, God, I pray that we will mean it from our hearts. We know that in the days to come, the things you've dealt with us about, and I know I can speak for myself, you've dealt with me about something. I've put it away. And Lord, I pray that you will extend grace and power that we would truly forsake these things that you've dealt with our hearts about. They may not even be sinful things, but they may be things that are robbing us of our energy, robbing us of our heart, robbing us, Lord, of our time. And therefore, they've become sinful because they've taken the place that only you deserve. Lord, help us to truly amend our ways. And by your Spirit, may you revive us. Thank you for these days. Thank you for the promise of your coming. Lord, I want you to find faith on this earth in my heart when you come again. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's stand together. This altar's open. Many have come. I invite you to come. Do business with the Lord tonight. Be sensitive to the spirit of God. If he's telling you to pray right where you are, do it. If he's telling you to come down to the altar, do it.